I want to invite you to go with me to the book of Numbers chapter 13. This is the last Sunday of January. And of course, we begin the, the month uh, talking about victory. And I feel a message in my spirit today for this congregation. Uh, I came here yesterday evening after returning from Durham, North Carolina, where we had a great move of the Holy Ghost. And I felt the Lord speaking to me specifically about this very moment. And I pray that God's spirit and his word would touch your heart in such a way that you leave this sanctuary with a renewed determination and a new vision of what God wants to do for you and through you and in you today. Numbers 13 and verse number 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it that's a lot in a short passage of scripture but Caleb said let's do it at once let's possess it and we have the ability to overcome the land the inhabitants of the land and take the rightful possession so I want to preach to you today from this thought, victories and visionaries, victories and visionaries. Would you lift your hands one more time and ask that the Spirit speak to you today? Come on, all over this sanctuary, let's give Him a moment to touch our hearts before the Word of God goes forth. Lord, we need you today. God, I pray today that your Spirit would speak to every one of us in this house. Lord, I pray today that you would touch every congregant that's here today, that they may hear your word, those joining us online. Touch us today in Jesus' name we pray. You may be seated. You can turn this monitor down just slightly. Today our text comes from Numbers chapter 13. And I want to talk about two men in particular that are found within chapters 13 and 14 especially. These two men are often coupled together. They're often mentioned in the same breath and it is Joshua and Caleb. These two men were unique. They were set apart from all the other men of Israel. That is not to say that there were not other remarkable men among the tribes of Israel, but these two men, Joshua and Caleb, rise above the rest. Joshua is called the servant of Moses or the assistant, and sometimes he was even, uh, before Moses' death, he was even used as a military general. Caleb is described as the leader of the tribe of Judah. Together, these two men were great visionaries. We first find Joshua called upon by Moses not long after leaving Egypt to select men and to go out and fight against 
Amalek, whom had come to fight against the Israelites. And Joshua was tasked with finding men and helping to direct that uh, battle against Amalek. And during the battle, we read where Joshua held his hands up, and as his hands were raised, Israel would prevail in battle. And as would be the case with any human, at some point Moses' hands and, and arms grew weary from holding them up. And the Bible tells us that Aaron and Hur uh, were there and they helped Moses. They held his hands. And as they held his hands up, Israel won the battle. Later, as Moses was called up to Mount Sinai a second time, the scripture tells us that he took Joshua with him as his minister or as his servant. Joshua continues to serve Moses as a minister or a servant to Moses that proved not only his devotion to him, the leader, but also to God. In fact, we read a very powerful verse of Scripture in Exodus 33:11. It's one of those that sticks with you and, and causes you to stop and think. The Bible says the Lord spoke unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua the son of Nun, the same person who would later lead Israel, that young man, the Bible says, departed not out of the tabernacle. He was there. He witnessed the presence of God speaking to the man Moses. And I believe he was so moved. He was so touched. It was such an encounter that he lingered in that tent of meeting and was not satisfied to leave but would rather stay and feel the residue of God's anointing. When Moses came off of Mount Sinai another time after receiving the law engraved in stone by God, it was Joshua who accompanied him that first noticed the noise coming from the Israelite camp as they were singing and dancing while they worshipped a golden calf. Joshua was the companion to Moses. Joshua was a servant. Joshua was a man of great faith. We see this over and over again in the book of Joshua as well as, jo as Numbers chapter 14. Joshua was a man of great courage. He fought against the Amalekites. He fought or he went as a spy into the land of Canaan. And then, of course, he led Israel into its promised land. Joshua was a godly leader who inspired holiness among the people. It was Joshua that said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Joshua was a prophet. He was a seer. 
He was able to see through divine inspiration what God wanted to do for the nation of Israel. The other man is Caleb. The Bible tells us in Numbers chapter 14, the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. But notice verse 24. But my servant Caleb because he had another spirit. Everybody say another spirit. Come on, say it again, another spirit. With him and hath followed me fully. Everybody say, followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land whereunto he went and his seed shall possess it. Caleb had another spirit. He had something within him that was from God and it saw through the problems, it saw through the obstacles, it saw through the challenges and it recognized that when you have God on your side, you are destined for victory. I want to preach to everybody in this house today and tell you when the Spirit of God is living on the inside of you, you have another spirit. You have a spirit that says we are able, we can do it, we can move forward, we can well possess the land. Well, I wish I had about a hundred that stand and say, yes, pastor, amen, pastor. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I'm preaching to men and women today. You have enough negativity in your world. You have enough dissenting voices. There are enough voices shouting in your ears saying you can never do it. You can never make it. You can never overcome. You're always going to be in that cycle. You're always going to be in that habit. You're always going to deal with that situation. And God is looking at you today and telling you, you can be victorious. You can be an overcomer. You can be a visionary. You know what often is the case? Often the case is this. We think the pastor or the preacher is the only visionary. But remember, Moses did not go exploring Canaan. Moses did not go into the Canaanite cities. Moses did not see what those 12 spies saw. He depended on other men to go and to spy in the land and, and to check it out. I want to tell some men and women in this church today, God is depending upon you to see past the obstacle. God is depending on you to see past the challenges. 
God, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost today. God is looking for men and women who will rise to the occasion and say, I will search, I will look. Oh, help us today. The name Caleb is a composite of two Hebrew words, meaning whole or all, and the word heart. You put these two Hebrew words together, and you have the meaning of Caleb's name, wholehearted. Verse 24 is the meaning of this great man, Caleb hath followed, symbolizes the meaning of this man's name, Caleb hath followed me fully. Followed me fully. Man, there, I'm just going to tell you today, I don't have time to mine out every, every nugget in the Word of God, but I promise you, that's one nugget that you need to catch. You must follow Him fully. You can't do it part ways. You can't pick and choose the parts you like. You can't decide on good days to follow him and on bad days to do it your way. You've got to follow him on the mountain and you've got to follow him in the valley. Oh, I'm going to preach to somebody today. You must be wholehearted. You must be fully committed to the way of God. You can't stop halfway. Somebody shout wholehearted. Caleb was wholehearted. Out of a million or so Israelites, Caleb sets himself apart by possessing a different spirit. If ever God needs holy, committed men and women, this is the time. God is not looking for vacillating, wishy-washy, on the fence. On again, off again, people. He's looking for men and women that make their minds up and say, we are committed. We are fully committed. I wonder if I could get help in the balcony today. Look at that balcony filling up. Hey, balcony, I'm preaching to you today too. Are you fully committed? Oh, help us today. Half-heartedness, or as the term is found in Revelation, lukewarmness, nauseates God. In fact, he said, I would rather you be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, I will spew you out. I will literally vomit you out of my mouth. God is looking for people who are fully and totally committed to this mission. Caleb's spirit propelled him to the top of his tribe. Numbers 13 and 6 informs us of Caleb's position. He was the ruler of the tribe of Judah. Now isn't that uncanny to think that he is the ruler of the tribe of praisers? A man with a different spirit. A man with a vision. A man that is the ruler of the tribe of Judah is also a praiser. He and his tribe were the ones whom the sun would rise on first. And they would see as that sun came up and it, and it penetrated into the tent flaps and they pulled them back. 
they were the first to stretch their hands toward heaven and to offer up a praise to God. I want to tell every person in this room today, God is looking for men and women with vision. He's looking for men and women with a different spirit. He's looking for men and women who are fully committed and he's looking for men and women who will praise him and give him all the credit. I want to tell you what the word visionary means. It can be an adjective, but it also is a noun. A person who is a visionary is a person who has an unusual foresight and imagination. A foresight. They're able to see in front. They're able to imagine. A visionary is one whose ideas or, or projects can be impractical. A visionary, but that doesn't mean that they're wrong. And that doesn't mean they can't come to pass. Anything's possible with God. A visionary is one who sees. That's the simplest definition you can get. A visionary is one who sees. Think about it with me today. I've been praying and thinking about this been turning over in my mind all 12 spies saw the same thing I said all 12 spies saw the same thing they all saw the same land they all saw the same people they all saw the same grapes they all saw the same pomegranates they saw the same figs they saw the same walls they saw the same infrastructure. They all saw the very same thing. But there were two out of the ten who were visionaries. There were two out of the ten who were able to see beyond the obstacles. They were able to see beyond the walled cities. They were able to see beyond the giants. They were able to be, see beyond the difficulties and the problems that it would take to explore and to conquer the land. I want to tell you today, God is looking for visionaries. He's looking for men and women who can see past the present problem and see past the obstacle in front of you. And oh, help us today. I feel a Holy Ghost boldness in my spirit today. God's not looking for doubters. God's not looking for people who are pessimistic, who say there's no way possible you can have a revival in this age. There's no way possible you can fill up a building this size. There's no way possible you can build a bigger building. There's no way possible you can spread the gospel around the world. There's People don't want this. People aren't interested in this. I'm telling you, God is looking for visionaries. He's looking for Joshua and Caleb's that rise to the occasion that say, yes, 
it may be a challenge. Yes, there may be difficulties. We may face some uncertainties, but we know that God has given us the land. It is ours. It belongs to us. And we're going to do whatever it, oh, I feel God speaking to somebody in this house. We're gonna do whatever it takes. We'll fight, we'll scrub, we'll, we'll climb, we'll fort. We'll forge any river, we'll climb any mountain, we'll cross any desert to see the will of God accomplished. You know what I'm preaching today? I'm preaching a message that my father has preached for many, many years. I'm preaching a message that's in the DNA of this church. I'm looking here today at men and women who are literally Joshua and Caleb's of the 21st century. I'm looking at people that say I am wholeheartedly committed to the mission of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ not for my glory, not for FPCLR's glory, but for His glory. Somebody shout visionaries. The Bible speaks to us and says, Caleb silenced the people before Moses saying, let us go up and occupy it. For we are well able to conquer it. We are well able to conquer it. Amen. You have to understand today, Caleb's words weren't at the end of 40 years of wilderness wanderings. Caleb's words were just months and maybe a year or so after the Red Sea crossing. And he saw Israel as a mighty nation, a mighty people, a mighty army that was getting into position, getting into the place where God would thrust them across the Jordan River to seize the land that belonged to them. It was 10 to two. Isn't it amazing how that works? 10 to two. 10 against and two for. Let me tell you today, it's important that you're for the mission and plan of God. pressure of their brethren and the negative report turned an entire nation against going forward. Do you realize what you say to your brothers and sisters has great impact and effect on what they think? That's why you better be careful how you criticize the church and how you are critical against the things of the church. Oh, I'm going to preach to you today. 
Hey, don't ever forget, this is a whole lot better than anything the, the devil has to offer. Your worst day in the church will be a million times better than your best day in the world. Well, I see some, I see some witnesses running. Let me tell you why they're running, because they know where they came from. They know the pit, the pit from whence God has taken them from. I'm preaching here today to second, third, fourth, fifth, even generation apostolics. You better not grow complacent. You better not become so critically minded that you can't move forward and the things you're saying affect other people. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost. It's amazing to me that 10 men could turn a million plus people against the plan of God. It was the policy, it was the plan of God to cross the Jordan and take control of that land. Over 400 years, they had been waiting to seize the moment and 10 men turned an entire nation against the plan of God. I'm gonna tell you today, we as a people of God, we better be in alignment with the plan of God and the word of God and the man of God. You better not get too smart. You better not become too successful, too educated, too classy, that you can't humble yourself down and say, God, I need your help, I need your word, and I need your man in my life. Hey, it's not about Nathan Holmes. It's about the title, it's about the office, it's about the anointing that is upon my life. I don't, hey, I'm, I'm not here today to profess any divinity. I'm not here today to say that I'm better than anyone else. But I am here to tell you God has appointed me as pastor of this church to lead this church forward in Jesus' name. And what we need are visionaries. We need men and women who will say, I can see into the future. I see the plan. I see where God is leading us. I see what he wants to do. Let's go forward. Think about it. The consequences of fear and doubt paralyzed the Israelites for 40 years. Somebody shout 40. 40. A generation is somewhere between 30 and 40 years. Their fear and their doubt and their negativity and their criticism paralyzed them for a generation. 
In fact, anyone over the age of 21 was not allowed to go into the promised land. An entire generation of people had to die before Israel could possess what belonged to them. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. I want to tell you today, mentality matters. Mentality matters. Your mentality matters. The way you see yourself, the way you see God, the way you see His church, His people, His plan matters. This is what the 10 said. There we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight. Everybody say own sight. As grasshoppers. So we were in their sight. They, they saw themselves as grasshoppers and they assumed that the enemy saw them as grasshoppers. Think about that for a moment. That's why your mentality matters. How you think. Not only can you think about yourself, and it really is reality because how we think becomes our reality. But not only that, but we can assume what other people are thinking about us. God help us, Lord, not to assume what others are thinking. Think about it. They spied for 40 days. They surveyed the land for 40 days. While they were there, they found clusters of grapes so large that it took two men to carry those clusters of grapes on the backs of their shoulders. The spies took pomegranates and figs as souvenirs to show the Israelites what awaited them in the promised land. And at the end of 40 days, they came back with a report. They said, we went to the land where you sent us. It is indeed flowing with milk and honey. And this is the fruit. But verse 28 says this, but the inhabitants. We have the goods. We've got the grapes. We've got the pomegranates. We've got the figs. We've got the stories of how great the land is. But the inhabitants. I want to tell us today, God is looking at every one of us. And he needs us to be visionaries. He needs us to see. But if you're not careful... You can see the challenges as insurmountable. You can see the problems as being so great that you will never be able to have the victory. We went to the land. It's flowing with milk and honey. Grapes, clusters of grapes so large it takes two men to carry. Pomegranates and figs. But the inhabitants are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. 
Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. So today, this is what God has impressed in my spirit. Your mentality will lead you to either be a victim or a victor. I said a victim or a victor. Numbers 13. I've already read it, but I'm going to read it again. We be not able to go up against the people. They are stronger than we. They brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying the land through which we have gone to search, it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. And there, were, and there we saw giants. You know what happens? Because of the mentality of those ten spies, Israel becomes the victim. Listen to this, Numbers 14. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children, everybody say all. All the children of Israel murmured. Everybody say murmured. They complained against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. They complained. They murmured. They cried. They wept. Their voices were loud. They started becoming a victim. They said, there's no way we can go over. There's no way we can possess it. We would be better living as slaves in Egypt than we would to try to fight the people and the cities that lay ahead of us. So today, on this final Sunday of January, you have the choice. You can be a victim to your circumstances, a victim to your back, back story and, and your background. You can be a victim to your challenges, or you can be a victor. Hey, I want to tell you today, I'm not here to minimize anyone's pain. I'm not here to minimize anyone's backstory. I'm not here today to minimize anyone's history or anyone's problems in the past or, or what you've gone through. I'm not even here today to minimize what you're facing in front of you. But I am here to tell you today, God is presenting you with a choice. You can either be a victim or you can be a victor. Caleb silenced the people and he said, let us go up and occupy it for we are well 
to conquer it. We're well able to conquer it. And I want to tell you, whoo, I get excited. This is the best part of the whole message. Kind of the music. I love this. It jumped out at me as I was reading my Bible. Numbers 14, 38. <laughs> and, the, and Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. I love this translation. He said it like this. Of the 12 spies, only Joshua and Caleb survived. I want to tell you today, visionaries survive. I said visionaries survive. The 10 died in the wilderness, but Joshua and Caleb, they made it through the wilderness. They survived. Joshua 14 and 10, Caleb said, and now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. As he said, these 40 and five years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day four score and five years old. I'm 85, everybody shout 85. Do we have any 85 year olds who aren't ashamed to say it? Anybody in this house, 85? Anybody? I see, I see somebody pointing back there. Do we have anybody 85 or older? I see somebody in the mezzanine up there. Come on, wave your hand. Don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. God's kept you this long. Caleb said, I'm 85 years old, as yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. And my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. I'm going to tell you what happens to visionaries. They survive through the wilderness. Visionaries make it all the way. Visionaries, they go through the battle. They go through the storm. They go through the hard times. They go over the obstacles. They go under the obstacles. They go around the obstacles. You want to survive? Be a visionary. See past the present difficulty. See past the present problem and say, we're well able. Pastor, we're well able. Pastor, we're well able. We can possess it. We can claim it. We can overcome it. We can conquer it. I wish somebody lift their hands right now and say, God, let me be a visionary. God, let me see. Come on. 
Come on, let me see. Let me see past right now. Hey, I know you may be minimum wage right now, but God, he sees into your future. He wants you to be able to bless the kingdom of God. He's not going to leave you there. You may be dealing with problems on your job. God's not going to leave you in that problem. You start envisioning what you can do. Woo! Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. We can well possess it. We can overcome it. We can conquer it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I was in the car this week with a dear brother in this church, Brother Pete Reedy. He began to tell me of his desire to do more for God. I'm not going to tell you the numbers. If he wants to tell you, he can. But it was unbelievable. He said in 2017, he gave a specific amount, amount to the church, and he told his wife, I feel it in the Holy Ghost this next year. We're going to give 5% more. And he said, he said, we did it. It wasn't easy. It was challenging for us. He said, we looked back the next year and we doubled what we had given. The next year, they almost doubled that again. Hey, I'm going to tell you. And last year, the total that he gave was so much more than 2017. I sat in that car with tears rolling down my eyes. I'm telling you, a man that's been in this church his whole life, his kids are in this church, his parents were in this church. I'm talking about a man with a vision. That's what I'm looking at today. I'm looking at men and women who have a vision. You say, well, why do you always talk about money? Well, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about men and women that will be willing to roll up their sleeves and do whatever God is asking you to do. I'm talking about door knockers and Bible study teachers and soul winners and altar workers and teachers of the gospel. I'm talking about prayer warriors and fasting partners. I'm talking about men and women that have a vision to see the kingdom of God move forward, not stagnate, not stand still. But see the kingdom of God advance. Oh, come on. I want you to lift your hands again. I want you to pray it. God, let me be a visionary. Let me be a visionary. Let me be a visionary. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see what you have. I'm almost finished. Just remain standing. You can come to this front. There's an old Irish hymn. It was translated in around the turn of the 20th century from Irish to, uh, to English. And it says, Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be also else to me. Save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night walking or sleeping thy presence my light 
Be thou my wisdom. Be thou my true word. I ever with thee and thou with me, Lord. Born of thy love, thy child may I be. In thou in me dwelling and I with thee. Be thou my buckler, my sword for the fight. Be thou my dignity, thou my delight. Thou my soul shelter, thou my high tower. Raise thou me heavenward, O power of my power. Riches I heed not, nor vain empty praise. Thou mine inheritance now and always. Thou and thou only, first in my heart. Ruler of heaven, my treasure thou art. True light of heaven, when victory is won. May I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven's sun. Heart of my hearts, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. I wonder if there's anybody in this sanctuary today that would say, I want you to be my vision. I want you to be my wisdom. I want you to be my buckler, my sword. I want you. I need you. Come on, lift those hands to God right now. Come on. Come on. God's looking for victories and visionaries. They go hand in hand. Victories and visionaries. Joshua and Caleb. Men and women who say we're going to make it. We're going to overcome it. We're going to conquer it. We're going to move forward. We're going to do the work of God. Come on church. I want you to join up with a brother or sister. I want you to lay a hand on their shoulder and pray as one family of God. Come on, let's pray together in this house. Come on. God's looking for visionaries. You take what the enemy meant for evil. Come on, he's looking for visionaries. you turn it for good. He's looking for visionaries. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good. Yes. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Yes, yes, yes. You turn it for good. Come on, he's in this sanctuary today to give you fresh determination. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Come on, he wants. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Yes, you do, Jesus. You turn it for good. I want us all over this house to lift our voices. Come on, let's, let's lift our voices loud right now. Come on. Let's let God hear us. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on.
you today. Come on, it's time for you to make up your mind. Are you a victim or are you a victor? Are you going to be a victim? Are you, are you going to be a victor? Yes! 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 Oh, help us, Lord. I'm reminded of what I read a few weeks ago in the Telegraph. It's a newspaper out of London. It was talking about a certain prince who lives in America. And he's, this author said he has traded royalty for victimhood. And last I checked, everybody standing in this room, you're royalty. You got royal blood flowing through your veins. Are you going to trade royalty for victimhood? Are you going to say, no, I know I've been baptized in the name of Jesus. I've obeyed the plan of salvation. I have put on Christ. I have his blood flowing through my veins. And I refuse to ever be a victim of my circumstance, a victim of my problems, a victim of my day. I will be a victor. Oh, come on. If you're good, if you feel that way, I want you to lift your voice one more time. Come on, shout it out. Shout it out. Oh, God, help us today. You know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at Joshua and Caleb's. You're across this sanctuary. You're in the balcony. You're in the mezzanine. You're a Joshua. You're a Caleb. And God is calling you today. It's time for you to not be complacent. It's time for you to not stand still. It's time for you to walk forward. Move forward. Mobilize. Everybody shout mobilize. Come on. It's time for you to mobilize into your destiny that God has prepared for you. If you believe that, I, I want you to high five someone right now and tell them, I am a victor. I am a victor. Come on, look at another neighbor and tell them, say, I am a visionary. God bless you. I'll see you here tonight, 7 o'clock. Let's come back believing God for great things tonight.